Welcome, everybody, to What's Your Story? I'm Michael DeLulio. I'm thrilled to have you tuned in with us today. I want to start by just wishing everybody a happy holidays. I know a lot of us, myself included, have, you know, fantastic traditions this time of year, a lot of family time ahead, which is is great. So, you know, once again, very warm, happy holiday season to everybody. Guest with us today is Josh Polito. He's the manager of Enterprise Support, and he's remote here in Rochester. Um, Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's start kind of where I always do. How long have you been with Paychecks? And tell me kind of your, your elevator pitch of your career here. What stops have you made and what do you do today? Yeah, um, so I started uh, with Paychecks and PC Support in 2018, I believe. Um, and about a year after that, I, got, I became a supervisor in enterprise support. And then I've been a leader in the same organization ever since. And I'm a, a manager today. So, like, give me kind of the the, the what's what, what's in the soup here of, of the day of an enterprise support manager. Walk me through some of the typical things you do. Yeah, I, I check in with all my all my folks every day. Um, you know, personal conversations. You know, see see how their day is set up. See what I can do for them. Help them out, and then um, meetings. Right, <laughs> there's so, a lot of meetings involved, but um, you know, uh, it's it's a lot of a lot of interpersonal interpersonal communication. Sure. So what what types of conversations does your team have? Are they fielding incoming calls from customers? Are they specific to a product or, or a platform? What What is oh, the yeah. nature of the conversations? Right. So I, I oversee three teams, the service request research team that handles a lot of the request its and software requests for um, everybody in the company. Um, the second level corporate analyst team. Um, so any corporate applications, um, especially like on the sales end or for Salesforce, you know, Paco forms, things like that. And then this uh, Oasis analyst team. So we just, uh, um, you know, we we acquired Oasis, uh, the PEO. So a lot of a lot of those forms and, and platforms and software, and we support all those those folks as well. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, what would you say as far as leadership? What do you what do you like? What's your favorite thing about just being a leader? People, Pe- developing people, interacting with people. Um, that's the that's the biggest benefit I get. Um, that and you know impacting impacting the company for the greater good. I think you know we we do a lot of good things to keep everybody running as smoothly as possible. Um, and like again, I can't stress the interactions with folks. It, it's it's probably the biggest the biggest thing for for me. Yeah, no, I love hearing it. And uh, you know, one question I like to ask all our guests, and this is not related to what we're going to talk about. What was your first job? Like ever, first job, not a paychecks. I mean, I'm talking middle school, high school, where, where you're scooping ice cream, uh, uh, administering people riding rides at Seabreeze. What, what were you doing? I, I delivered the Arondicoit shopper um, with, a, with a paper bag and a bicycle, sometimes rollerblades. Yeah, I did that when I was 12 years old um, or maybe, maybe 13. I had to get I had to get special permission from my parents and sign working papers because uh, you were that, you know, you were young and I, I made... At the time, I think like twenty twenty two dollars a week. It was it was awesome. So is that like a like a magazine uh, type of thing with coupons? Yeah, it was a local, just a local newspaper with local coupons and local stories and things like that. You know. Did you grow up in Arundel then? I did. Yeah. Okay. That yeah, was awesome. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. All right. So. I'll tell you what, we're sitting here today. Your manager actually had reached out to me uh, after listening to some of the podcasts that we do and said, hey, I've, I've got someone on my team who has a great story, a uh, source of inspiration for me personally. You, you, know, you should talk to him. So that, that's what brought us here. So um, I, I'll kind of give you, the, give you the floor here. I mean, I know you, you've had some challenges kind of outside of work that you've really risen up and, and like I said, uh, created a very in- inspirational story for yourself uh, related to a health situation. So tell me kind of how that all started and, and, and that story. 
Yeah. So let's go. I mean, really, I, ever since I can remember, I've been a pretty healthy guy, right? Um, and funnily, funny enough is when, when I started my career at Paychecks, I, I noticed myself getting a little, you know, sick more often than I ever, ever would. Like, you, you know, get the occasional flu once a year, things like that. Um, but I had, I had issues with, uh, felt like my lungs a, a lot of the time and my doctors were just, you know, chalking it up to, oh, bronchitis or seasonal flu or this. And I'm like, it felt like it was happening a lot where I'm like, I feel like I'm going to the doctor a lot where I, we're getting to know each other on a first name basis now. Um, and in 2020, I got really, really sick. I, the, the day I'll never forget this day. I went for a walk with my wife and my, my son who was still very young at the time. So we were in a stroller, came home. Um, and I, I, I got hit with this thing. I'm like, you know, I was, my stomach ache and it was just hours of just feeling really, really terrible. And then all of a sudden I couldn't breathe. Now this was June, July of 2020, right? So you automatically assume it's, it's the, it's what's going around. And, um, I, I went to the hospital. Um, I had low oxygen, things like that. And, you know, I, it, it wasn't COVID at the time. Um, they, they did x-rays of my lungs. They said they, they were having a hard time seeing through my lungs. It was very patchy and opaque and they were concerned. And then due to the climate, um, they're, they, they're like, it's probably pneumonia. And they sent me home. Mm. Lo and behold, uh, it was several weeks of nonstop fevers, trouble breathing, things of that nature. Um, I, I lost sight or vision uh, temporarily. My left eye was swollen and, and hazy. And it was an ophthalmologist here in Rochester that was like, I think you have this thing called sarcoidosis. Um, and I'm like, I have no idea what that is, right? Like, what yeah. is that? <laughs> so I went to go see a pulmonologist. Um, here in Rochester, and they did uh, CT scans, and they said my lymph nodes were enlarged, and they they didn't really tell me any that I they didn't confirm that I had sarcoid, um, which is you know what I, I call it now. Um, Give it a nickname, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And then uh, say sarcoidosis 15 times a day, you'll you'll call it something else. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, so, you know, they they're like it could be a number of things, um, and it was a scary time. Uh, they, you know, your lymph nodes are swollen. It could be you know, the word lymphoma got thrown around and it was, it was a very scary time. And the ophthalmologist that I saw here in Rochester actually recommended I go to see the Cleveland clinic. He, he, I'll never forget this. He, he goes, Hey, if you were my brother, I would tell you to go, go to the best hospital I could think of. I went, um, they did a biopsy in my lungs and my lymph nodes. And, um, within 24 hours, I knew I had this thing called sarcoidosis. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know if this is the appropriate, like timing wise in, in the story, but so, you know, I've been on kind of the website of some of your story and, and things you're working on that we're going to talk about. Where did you get connected with the Life and Breath Foundation? Well, uh, that was until, that was a few months later. Um, so I was seeing doctors here for a little bit in the beginning. Um, and then they were trying to communicate with the Cleveland Clinic. Um, and there was a lot of a lot of sickness happening and a lot of unknowns and with sarcoidosis because it can it can manifest differently in so many different people um it was a lot of just trial and error and guessing and um you know i one day i there was a bunch of support groups online and i posted my story and i was kind of like fishing for help right i'm like i don't know what's going on I, I, everything i do I, like walking up the stairs taking three steps i had to sit down i couldn't breathe it was challenging and I posted, you know, that everything I was going through and this woman reached out to me 
um, a few hours later, I had a private message online and she said, Hey, I think this, you know, I, I really feel what you're going through and I've been there. There's a really good foundation, um, that I think you should, you should reach out to and, or check out. And, and I did within a matter of minutes, somebody was, you know, somebody responded and I had, um, I had, I had some answers. They, they, they've been the greatest impact in my journey since, um, I got diagnosed with this autoimmune disease. Um, they helped me out so much. They have doctors on hand um, that you can call. Some of, them, some of them have given me their personal cell phone numbers in case I, you know, I, I need anything, literature, information, all, all that stuff. Yeah, and what's um like what's sort of the, the the mission of life and breath? I mean, is it specific to people with sarcoidosis, or is it is it other things? What do you know? Like, what's sort of their mission is? Yeah. So the the founder, um, his mother passed away from sarcoidosis, um, Ida Hall, and the founder's uh, Sean Hall. Um, so it is it is specifically for people with sarcoidosis um, at all kinds of you know all kinds of versions of the disease too. Um, and just to provide resources and support for those that have it that, you know, that need it. So let's talk about, I mean, a lot of your story and, and, and what makes it great is um, kind of your turning it into this effort to, you know, do the Ironman and, and yeah. run races. So let me, you had already said, like, you know, you lived however many years of your life, a pretty healthy dude. Um, were you doing you know, 5Ks and things like your whole life? Or is this is this new, this came kind of out of the diagnosis or... Yeah, so I, I'd always go to the gym and kept rel relatively fit. You know, my friends do CrossFit, and I would I would go to the the gym with them and things like that. Never competing. I've never been you know a professional weightlifter or super athlete or anything like that. You know, I played lacrosse in high school years ago and things like that. But you know, I would run. Um, I would run. You know, not nothing crazy. I think I've done one five k when I'm in my twenties, and that was it. So no, this is all new. Um, this past January, how, how that whole thing came to be is I, <laughs> I, got, I just had this crazy idea. I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sick of not being able to do the things I want to do. And let's, let's just sign up, full commit, and hope for the best. And then about four hours after I signed up for the Rochester Marathon, I'm like, what did I get into? I started really thinking about it. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and I, I, I reached out to some folks through the, um, the, like the running association online. I got a running coach um, who she's been fantastic. And, you know, and then I started training. And that was, that was a wake-up call. The first day I went to go run, it was in the winter. And, you know, the cold air in your lungs yeah. with all the, all the breathing and the struggling for the past few years. That was a that was a wake up call. That was the real real moment that I was. Yeah, with. I mean, what was the dialogue like? I mean, so you had a trainer. I'm assuming it was probably a little bit triangular with consulting with a doc doctor, maybe more than one doctor, to make sure that you're being measured enough in the training, not pushing it too hard. What was the balance like of that? <laughs> um, so my doctor said, you know, as long as you feel okay, I mean, go ahead. Um, I'm. You know, I'm a little out of my mind, obviously. So <laughs> to do something like this. So um, I, my running coach, uh, she was the same way. She said, don't push yourself too hard. Take it easy. And I found myself pushing myself all the time. Um, but it was, it was, there, there's, there's going to come a moment um, where you're going to reach a, a point where you're going to have to slow down. 
right? You're going to, you're going to hit the the barrier. And I did, I did almost every single time. And it's like, okay, I, I gotta, I gotta take it a little easy. So as long as we're watching that and I wasn't, um, the recovery wasn't too bad. I kept going, you know, as long as I would get out there and do something, it, it was because I, I wasn't in this to win anything. Right. Right. Or, or break any records. I was just in it to see if I was able to do it. So you complete this Rochester race in fall 2022, right? And I was reading some of the story and what you, I mean, how, how quickly after that, like, what was the feeling like when you were done such that you pretty quickly pivoted and like put a new goal out there? What, what was that like? So the goal was to finish. I finished. Um, and then my wife carried me to the car and then carried me from the car into the house. And then I sat down. Uh, my legs were absolutely, I, I could barely walk. Um, and I don't know, something in my brain clicked where I never thought I never thought I was going to finish. I, th- I just was like, I'm going to give this my best effort and just see what's possible. And I finished. And then everything, everything clicked, right? Um, I'm like, okay, well, if this is possible, um, and all of the things that have happened along the way with all the stories and all the people I've met with sarcoidosis, and, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of negative stories a lot of the time. And especially in the beginning, it was a lot of, this is what you can't do. This is what you can't do. And then I'm like, well, I just did this thing that I never thought I was going to be able to do. Well, why don't I, I'm like, I was the perfect person for this to happen to is what I, I, I sat down with the life and breath. And that was what I told them. Um, I'm like, I am willing to put myself mentally and physically through all of this. And it was in that moment after the race where this clicked in my head. I'm like, I made a decision. I talked it. I kind of told my wife, but I got her permission <laughs> to do this as well, where I'm going to do this and I'm going to try to do it for the greater good to bring awareness and try to, you know, raise money for the Life and Breath Foundation so that they can help as many people as possible so that anybody new with the disease, um, you know, didn't have to wait as long as I did for them to reach out, right? They just knew and it was, it was, it was more, more upfront and more, you know, more accessible, more accessible for those, for folks like that. Um, yeah. And it was, that, that was the thought process. I was sitting there. I'm like, I can barely move. And I'm like, I can do this again. <laughs> but, but, but bigger, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. talking about graduating to an, an Ironman, which is a whole different animal, right? 60, 60 more miles than, than what? Yeah. So yeah. Talk to me about, uh, so it's in, it's, it's in, what is it next, next year? This would be September, September 10th, 2023 in Atlantic city. In Atlantic city. Okay. And what there are, I mean, I'm looking at it, but I'd rather you talk me through it. What are the components of an Ironman? There's three a, things, right? Yeah, it's a so I'm doing a half Ironman. Okay. Full Ironman is 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 a little too much <laughs> at first. So I'm like, ah, you know, it's a little um, too much for pretty much everybody. <laughs> I'm, do, I'm doing a, I'm doing a 70.3 mile Ironman. It consists of um, I might be a little off in the numbers. 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike ride, and then a half marathon run at the end. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, let's go into like, I mean, the preparation for that's going to be even different because you got different activities you have to plan for. Yes. So what are the logistics of like, what's, I mean, we're in December, so you're 10 months away-ish, right? Mm-hmm. What's what's the preparation look like for that? Three o'clock in the morning, I wake up every day, <laughs> right? <laughs> and Monday, Monday through Friday, and I go to the gym and I do some sort of swimming, biking, strength training, and then running. All three or four things, I guess. Yeah. Well, so no, not, not every day. Okay. It's a combination of those, right? I have, I have a running plan with my running coach. Um, one of the group, um, members in the, in the running group that I'm a part of there, they were a a swimmer 
Um, they, they helped me out with some swimming. Um, and then a lot of biking, a lot of cycling. Yes. Especially when we got winter coming up. So it's a lot of indoor cycling. Um, you know, a lot of just stationary bike work, a lot of, a lot of things like that. Um, I got a dietitian so that I, I'm fueling my body correctly. Right. Um, I reached out to some folks and, you know, that I got pointed in the right direction for a dietitian. Um, so I'm doing everything the right as, as, as right as someone can possibly do. Um, I'm going to, you know, give it the old college try and see if I can at least finish this thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, like, even if you were like healthy as an ox, like this is admirable anyway, but like, especially given, you know, the, the like you said, the awareness you're trying to bring to, to the condition and, um, just making that information easier to access for people so that, like you said, the next person uh, knows where to turn. Um, how can employees, if they want, if they want to learn more, right, mm -hmm. about, about sarcoidosis in general, about your story, uh, about what you're <laughs> setting out to do, right, mm -hmm. where can they go to, to learn more? Lifeandbreath.org. Mm -hmm. um, that's the main website. And then through there, you can get to the piece that I'm doing um, there, but the, the full website to get to there is lifeandbreath.org forward slash Josh uh, hyphen Polito. Um, but at all the information about the disease, there's stuff from the Mayo Clinic. It's all through there. There's a ton of resources and literature through that main site. Yeah. Okay. And we'll, we'll, I'll, um, I'll put the link in kind of the comment section or somewhere easy for people to access okay. who might be listening. Um, yeah. But um, hey, I want to thank you. For coming in and Absolutely. sharing your story, and um, I mean, like we said a few times, it's you're, you're it's an incredible thing. I mean, you're talk about meeting a challenge, right? Uh, you know, head on, and um, e even turning it into something to better yourself, right? And and that's it's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> um, all right. Well, hey, thank you so much, Josh. Again, happy holidays to everybody listening, and uh, check check out the website and. Uh, kind of learn learn more and, and if you can support Josh that's fantastic but thanks everybody yeah thank you very much this podcast is property of paychecks incorporated 2022 all rights reserved